Welcome to Mafia, a new podcast telling stories of America's criminal underworld. Gotti assumed the position of head of the Gambino family. And using the name Donnie Brasco, I was able to infiltrate the uh, Bonanno uh, crime family in New York City. Bugsy Siegel is an American mob legend. One man changed the whole texture and landscape of crime in America. Listen to Mafia every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite shows. Five, four, three, two, one. Cue music. This is Movies First with Alex First and Chris Coleman. Time for a movie with a long title. One of the longest titles I'd reckon of 2016 indeed. It is Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk. And Alex, we've discussed this before. When a movie comes out with a long title, they are taking a risk because it makes it hard to put it up on the marquee out the front of the cinema unless it warrants dominating the space. Yes, indeed, but I actually want to challenge somebody. Somebody could actually maybe Google us or whatever or write to us or you can actually search for this. What is the longest movie title in history? Hmm. That's a very good question, and off the top of my head I wouldn't know. I I say how to succeed in business without really trying would probably be up there. Very good. I'm putting you on the spot and coming up with that. I'm I'm, I'm suitably impressed. It's kind of like the super fragile... What is it? Super fragile... Yeah, no, for your life. Right. yeah, you're on your own here. No, no help forthcoming. I'm sorry. I can't sing it. No, no, no. Okay, Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk is a psychological sort of trauma type war coming back to America story. It's it's about the trauma experienced by soldiers during war that come sort of back into the the mainstream and try to adapt to surroundings. It's it's the Ang Lee version of events. He's the guy who did Life of Pi, Brokeback Mountain, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, really highly regarded. And it's based upon the best-selling novel by Ben Fountain, told from the perspective of this 19-year-old U.S. Army private. Newcomer Joe Alwyn plays his character, Billy Lynn. He, along with his fellow soldiers in Bravo Squad, become heroes because They've had this harrowing Iraqi battle. They're brought home temporarily for a victory tour. And Lynn himself is the is the major hero amongst the, the company. And through flashbacks culminating at this spectacular halftime show of the Thanksgiving Day football game, the film reveals what really happened to them, contrasting the realities of the war with America's naive rah-rah perceptions. It's the first major motion picture, as I say, of Joe Alwyn. Stories based upon a novel that producer Rodri Thomas read eight months before it was published, and it went on to become 2012 National Book Award finalist. The book was anti-war, but pro-soldier. The author says the genesis of the, the novel was a Thanksgiving Day football game back in 2004. That was three weeks after the election of President George W., and Fountain says he, he felt he didn't understand the USA at that time. He had people over for Thanksgiving and the Cowboys game was on TV. At halftime, when everybody else got up, he just kept watching. And he said the entertainment was surreal. Now, this is a quote from Fountain, the mm-hmm. author, right, uh, and how he describes his experience, Ben Fountain. He says, well... A psychotic mashup of American patriotism, popular music, softcore porn, and militarism. Lots of soldiers standing on the field with American flags and fireworks. And he thought it was the craziest thing he'd seen. 
Everybody else seemed okay with it, though, including the announcers who just saw it as a normal day in the US of A. And since there were lots of soldiers in the field at that time, he wondered what it would be like to be a soldier who'd been in combat, who gets brought back to America and dropped into this very artificial situation. What would that do to your head? He wanted the reader to feel like he or she is in Billy's skin. And talking about the movie, Ben Fountain says that's what Ang Lee was also trying to do. Initially, it was Billy Lynn's story that captivated Ang Lee and his literal and emotional journey and and the, the complicated juxtaposition of the glorification of returning war heroes and the horrific nature of the war that they fought. So he says it's a really compelling book. It's kind of a an existential examination of what's real and what is not. There's a sort of Zen quality to that comparison that fascinated him. So that was the genesis of the story, Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk. Notwithstanding its earnest endeavours, though, I actually found the film surprisingly dull. It was always just going to be a matter of time before we saw Billy's real story, and that was revealed to us in, well, just seconds towards the end of the picture. Really, though, it was what surrounded it that actually served to turn me off. The narrative, the way the yarn's told, hardly all that compelling. I mean, hailed as heroes, the, these, actually, these men struggle to live up to the public acclaim and the, the people they meet use and abuse them. So theirs is a fish-out-of-water experience when they hit US shores. What is lacking around them is genuineness. When they're shuffled in and out of a stretch limo to the gridiron stadium where they are somewhat surprisingly at the beck and call of non-military men, everybody seemingly wanting their pound of flesh. That not only includes people desiring to cash in on them one way or another, but those aiming to have a go, pick a fight, physically and mentally. I thought that this movie suffered from overacting on the part of some performers, not the lead, I should quickly add. Joe Alwyn does a really fine job capturing the complexities of his character's troubled mind. And, and talking of troubled, Kristen Stewart, well, she's all class as Alwyn's sister, who's fighting her own battles, deeply concerned about her brother. Kristen Stewart, I really like the way that her career has emerged because, okay, we saw her in Twilight and she was on the front pages of, well, tabloids and, yeah, having having a relationship with the leading guy and all of that stuff. But she's made, she's really kicked on, I mean, in a very, very big way. She did the movie Clouds of Sils Maria. It came out in 2014 and she was opposite one of the finest actors in Juliette Binoche, and not only did she hold her own, she stood out. She was outstanding. Both of them were really good in that movie. So there was that one. And then more recently, I mean, she did only in the last few months, we were talking about Cafe Society, the Woody Allen movie. Again, a really strong role there. She's a very fine actor and she's she's going places, this woman. She really is. I, I reckon that she she's somebody who is going to win an Oscar. I, I just think she's that good. What do you think, Chris? I, I'll have to revisit because I reckon, I reckon other than the Twilight Saga and Snow White and the Huntsman, I don't think I've seen her in a lot. So I'll have to, uh, I'll have to expand my viewing horizons. Well, bear in mind she's 26 years of age and she's already got such a... She's got 45 credits to her name at that age. So, you know, she's, she's going to be around for a while, one would hope. You'd so, that's, so, yeah. That's, that's, yeah, that's Kristen Stewart. So, look, I can't say the same in terms of my 
praise for Chris Tucker. He plays the military's PR guy. Or Steve Martin as the sleazy team owner. They're kind of single focus, one-dimensional characters. And Vin Diesel is in this one too. He's solid as Alwyn's superior officer. I reckon word of mouth on this will mean that it'll struggle to actually find an audience that warms to it. It hasn't translated all that well from page to screen, Billy Lynn's long halftime walk, which is a pity because I have really liked Ang Lee's work until this point of time. It's oh, five and a half out of ten material, something mm-hmm. like that. Billy Lynn's long halftime walk, rated MA in Australia, running for 113 minutes. What you're saying is it's no night of the day of the dawn of the sun of the bride of the return of the revenge of the terror of the attack of the evil mutant alien flesh-eating hellbound zombified living dead part two. No, that's that not would really... Be, a... that, 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 uh, now, admittedly, that's a parody movie, so... But that's, that is uh, the longest movie title, regarded as, as the longest movie title. Uh, that is so impressive. That is, I, I want that on a business card. You'd need a very big business card if you are after <laughs> more. If you're after more widely known movies of of, of lengthy name, uh, probably the longest would be those magnificent men in their flying machines, or How I Flew from London to Paris in twenty five hours eleven minutes. Very good. Yeah, except the first one was far more impressive. Oh yeah, I know. I appreciate that. And, and more recently. Uh, I.e. post the year 2000, I think, the longest movie title so since the turn of the century, Borat, Cultural Leanings of America for Make Benefit, Glorious Nation of Kazakhstan. That's right, which was, of course, known as... Borat. Well, Borat. Yeah, not <laughs> exactly. to say five letters so, and 25 no, words. No, no, that, that, that's right. I, by the way, when was the, you know, the... The, the one that you read out. The Night of the Day of the Dawn uh, of the Sun of the Bride of the Return yeah. of the Revenge of the Terror when, of the Attack of the Evil Mutant <laughs> Hellbound Flesh-Eating Subhumanized Zombified Living Dead Part 2 in shocking 2D in some cinemas, by the way. Ah, uh, right. Now, while you've done that, I've... Uh, 1991. I found, James Riffle. Yeah. yeah the, what was the... There was one that came out a couple of years ago. It was not mainstream, but it was... Ah, oh, it starred... It's Jesse, Jesse, Jesse James, Jesse somebody. Oh, the, 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 um, it was Academy Award nominated too for Best Picture. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, the, uh, the, 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 the assassination of uh, Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. That's it, yeah. And that, that itself I thought was a pretty long title to try and remember. The, yeah, I, I'm just, uh, okay. I'm just, I'm, yeah, I'm now looking. Trivial, top 20 longest movie titles by Film Comment in the March-April 2013 edition. Now, here we go. Persecution and assassination of Jean-Paul Marat as performed by the inmates of the asylum of Sharrington under the direction of the Marquis de Sade. Ever heard of it? 19... No, neither have I. Yeah. 1967. Yeah, obscure, shall we say. Yeah. I All think right. most of them are obscure and only known for the fact that they have their very long names. But Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk, you, you, it's, not, it's not even close to, uh, 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 to fitting onto that list of the top 20. And you gave it, just to repeat the score? And I gave it a five and a half out of ten. You've been listening to Movies First with Alex First and Chris Coleman. Subscribe to the full podcast at Audioboo, Stitcher and iTunes or your favourite podcast distributor. This has been another quality podcast production from Bytes.com. From Audioboom comes Covert, a new podcast that delves into the murky world of spies 
Americans, soldiers, and top-secret military operations. I'm Jamie Rennell, and together we'll discover the real stories of history's greatest classified missions, told by the operatives, soldiers, and journalists who experienced it firsthand. Follow Covert on Spotify, or subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorite shows.